Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. If you love Jesus, say, I do. I do. All right. Anybody have a test this week? Anybody need Jesus to walk on water all over that test? Okay, come on now. Did everyone have a good Valentine's Day? Anybody, like, go get ice cream and, like, just kind of be down a little bit, be honest? All right. Hey, did anybody's mama send you something? Come on. Oh, gosh. I miss those. Man, Glenette would just tear it up. Like, golly, I miss those days. But I have much better days now with my wifey poo, all right? Man, I can't tell you how exciting it is. One of the things that we have done for the past six years of crossover um, is for Valentine's week, we hand out a rose to every girl in the place. Um, So please, uh, when you exit the building, take a rose. Uh, We want to show you that we love you. We want to show you that Jesus loves you. And um, maybe you have a friend that might need a rose today even. And you say, you know what, I got this at crossover and I'd love to give it to you. Uh, and just tell you I love you and tell you Jesus loves you. So it's something special that we've done, and it's been, um, it's been amazing. We need to give it up for our staff, though, because our staff picked every thorn on 500 roses. So uh, let's give it up for them. Man. I would say 85% was Taylor Olinghouse and negative 1% was Parker Shinsky, Okay. Uh, I think he did five roses, uh, but he's got a great smile. I uh, love that dude though. Anyways, uh, let's pray for tonight. Father, we love you and we thank you for just allowing us an opportunity to praise you. Thank you for uh, just uh, a building that we can meet in the middle of OU campus and just be able to say that we love Jesus and we want to learn about him uh, in, a, in a facility like this. Lord, we ask for you to protect us. We ask you to void out anything that we don't need to be thinking about right now. We don't have to think about tests or homework or anything that is outside of these walls. But tonight, we can just focus on you, and we can focus on your word. For it's in your name. Amen. I was scrolling through Instagram a couple, I don't know, probably about a month or two ago, and somebody posted this, like, dating special something. I don't even know what I would even call it, all right? But what it was, was this guy was brought, brought in by this host of this TV show, and he was brought into a, a, a warehouse, and he, and he was standing there next to the host. And then all of a sudden, these 10 women walked in. And these 10 women were about 20 feet ahead of him. And the host turns to him, and these women had headphones on, And he turns to him and he says, I want you to rate these women in physical appearance of what you think they would be one through ten. He goes, dude, bro, like that's weird. Like they're right here. Like he's like, it's all right. They can't hear you, (laughs) you know. So he starts with the the lady on the left and, you know, catching eyes. She's getting weird. He's getting weird. And she knows he's talking about her. But you see him, he's like, well, I'd give her a six, you know, I like her smile, right? I like number two, she's probably like a seven, that's great, like, but number three, oh my goodness, like, that's, that's it, like, that's the girl, like, it's like Barbie out of a box, like, blonde hair, blue eyes, like that, she's ten for ten, 
He goes on to four and five, and he ranks them, but then he gets to number six. He goes, sadly, number six, I'm going to have to give like a two, maybe a three, because I'm five, eight, and she's probably five, nine. Do we got any little dudes up in this room? Come on now. Hey, little dude needs, need, needs wives too. Okay, come on. We love you. But anyways, he goes on, and he ranks the rest of them. But then there's a second stage to the show. The second stage is he takes them into another room, and he sets them down, and there's a curtain in between him, and then the host brings in just random of the ten girls. He brings them in, and then they just have a conversation, and they just talk, and um, they get to know one another, and you can tell what girls are comfortable with guys and what girls are awkward with guys. Any girls awkward with guys? Come on now. All right. I love it. I love it. And, you know, he talks to them, gets to know them, and after that's all done, the host is like, well, was there anybody that stood out to you? And he goes, man, I like this one girl. She said this thing. But he goes, there was this one girl. Man, we connected so well. Like, she knew where I was from. She knew, like, everything that I knew. We even joked the same. She was sarcastic. I was sarcastic. Like, we would just hit it off. Like, it was crazy how well we connected. And the host said, well, would that be someone that you would want to take on a date? And he goes, absolutely. Well, guess who do you think it was? Number six. Number six walks in, and it's the tall girl. And he goes, are you kidding me? Like, he says it like, smile. He's like, I can't believe it. And she walks in. It's kind of funny because you don't know who's going to hug who on top, right? So, like, I think she ended up giving him, like, a, like totally dethroned his manhood, like, by the uh, uh, over-the-shoulder hug. But he rocked it. And they went on a date, and after the date, the host pulls him over and is like, well, tell me about your date. He goes, man, it was absolutely amazing. It was incredible. And the host said, so this is what reminded me of it. He asked him, he goes, would you have ever asked her on a date without ever getting to know her? And he goes, sadly, uh, probably not. and, And that's totally messed up on my part because this is what he said. He goes, I would have missed out on something so good. Now, crossover, how many of us in this room do we base who we go for solely just on looks? Now, not all of you are as fortunate as my wife is and got a guy with a great personality and great looks, okay? But ladies, do you give guys chances that they might be shorter than you, that they might have different color hair than you might actually like? They might have no hair? Okay, come on now. Some of us are balding young. It's okay. It's wisdom. Paul was bald. Remember that. But dudes, do you go for girls that don't hit your 9 or 10 scale of what you think is physically attractive? If not. If this show showed me anything, it was first and foremost, he never would have dated the girl that he connected with most if he only looked at her looks. And second, he would have dated the wrong girl that he connected with least because actually the girl that he connected with the least of all was the girl that he ranked 10 for 10. And his answer was how much more I would have missed on if I only judge it off of looks. See, this world, it teaches us 
to, we need to act this way. We need to look this way. And it puts so many of us in this box. And if I can just be honest with you, probably 80% of us don't make, like, fit into this box. And we just... Uh, you know, like, we just don't fit. Some of us, if we are honest, and this is me, myself, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I work out, no matter how much I work on my personality to try to be this certain somebody in this world standards, I will never be able to fit in this box. But let me tell you something. The Bible has a little different standards, little different goals, little different requirements, and it opens us all up to be able to receive it. A hundred percent of us can fit into what the Bible wants from us. Yet very few of us try to fit into these biblical standards because we get distracted in trying to fit into this world's stupid box. Can we call it a stupid box? Can I say that? But fellas, we're going to have a little chat tonight, okay? We're going to have a little talk tonight. And I want you to throw the box away. And I want us to have fresh eyes, everybody say fresh eyes, on what a wife should look like, what an excellent wife should be, what are some good and strong attributes that we as men should be looking for in a woman. Now ladies, listen, hang on with me, because if we're talking about you tonight, who does that mean that we're talking about next week? We're going to be going after the men next week, all right? But tonight, let us look at some guidelines that you can look at to direct your path in this thing that we call life. I want you to be able to just be able to look at what a wife is supposed to look like. We're going to look at Proverbs 31. I have actually never preached a whole sermon on Proverbs 31. I've kind of nitpicked at it a couple times, but I've never actually preached through Proverbs 31. I'm excited about it. What a wife should be. Proverbs 31, verse 10, it says this. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Now listen, I think that we can break down chapter 31, 10 through 31, Probably in about six ways, but I know that some of us have ADHD, amen, come on, right? And I want us to be able to break down this section into three sections of what a wife should look like. I think first and foremost, we're going to see that she is precious. I think we need to look at her as she is precious. An excellent wife, who can we find? She is far more precious than jewels, as he is saying. I read things like this, and I just instantly, I, my, my mind just starts questioning, like, what does it mean for her, for a precious wife to be more precious than jewels? Like, jewels, I think about jewels. I said, these are stones. They are glorified rocks. Let's just be honest. And I wish I would have been the one person that says, you know what, this is beautiful. We should overprice these things and put them in jewelry and wear them around, right? Like, like they're just where there's something that we have to buy, we have to work for, we might be able to trade them from places to places. But at the end of the day, I'm still thinking like, well, if they're more precious than jewels, is it because like jewels can't have conversations with you? They, they can't support you when you're down. They can't encourage you. They can't laugh with you, cry with you. Okay, I, I might be able to see that. Like, so when King Lemuel here, this is the one writing this, when he's, when he's talking about what a wife 
should look like, and these are words actually coming from his mother. He's saying that a wife is not only precious, but she's far more precious than jewels. And I believe he is saying that an excellent wife will bring you more value than any piece of jewelry could ever own. But it still just didn't make sense to me why this wife is more precious than jewels. And then I took a step back and I started trying to understand Proverbs. And I believe that there's a flow of Proverbs. If you understand Proverbs, you can see that there's this common theme carried throughout the book. There's an understanding with each proverb when it's laid out. It has a direction and it has a destination. It's not like a fortune cookie that's just going to tell you one thing with no direction and no destination. And this theme starts with the person it is written to. Every proverb is written to a certain person, and that certain person is a Bible-believing, God-fearing Christian who has surrendered their life to Jesus, who have pronounced him king of their life, and that proverb is written with a theme of taking that Christian where they are now and taking them to the place where Jesus wants them to be, and that is to bring God glory. Every proverb in this book, if you, if you, what do they say if a, a proverb a day keeps the devil away, all right? Like every proverb, like if you just think about it, what, like some of the main proverbs that we know, like, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, like trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, like, like it's taking you from a place where you're at to a place where you need to be, or, or let your heart hold fast to my words, keep my commandments and live and get wisdom, get insight, do not turn away. Or what about, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. It's like proverb after proverb. It's great for the individual, but it has one end goal. To bring God glory. So when you apply this proverb to your life, it's to bring God glory. But when people look at your life, they will also see that it brings God glory. Glory. So how does this perspective change? A wife is more precious than jewels. It, I, I, I would have to understand it as a wife is far greater because she will bring God glory through your relationship. And when you find a wife that can bring God glory through your marriage, you can trust her and, the lack of, and you will lack nothing because of what she can bring to the table because she brings things that are good and not to harm you for the days of her life. Now, fellas, listen. I have counseled hundreds of people over marriage in the last 15 years of ministry. And I want you to know this, that if you are seeking a wife, you can find a pretty wife and settle there. You can find a rich wife, but I've seen hundreds disappointed when they discovered that their beauty on the outside didn't match what was going on in the inside. And marriages rise and fall in the hearts of those in the relationship. And I beg you to choose wisely because I truly believe that who you choose is the second biggest decision of your life after Jesus. But how do we do this? How do we, how, do we, how do we know who to choose? Well, I think that we date to evaluate. We date to evaluate. And I think that you need to understand, is her life surrounded by problems or is her life bringing God praise? 
Now, I could probably talk about 52 line items about that, but if I really could put myself in a college mindset, I think that we can sum it up. I think you can evaluate in three ways, fellas, the reality of the girl that you are pursuing. Her friendships, her free time, and her position. Now, some of you are starting to shrink down in your seats. Okay, ladies, look, remember, guys are next week. All right, remember, this ain't Brent's words. These are Jesus' words, okay? But, fellas, look at their friendships. This is real easy. I got one question for you when you ask yourself this question. Do their friendships bring God glory or not? Now, I'm not saying all their friendships, I think we have different levels of friendships. I think you need your ride or dies. I think you need your, your people that you hang out with every so often. But then I think there's some people that you're serving because you have a position of wanting to, to get them closer to Jesus. I think you got some friends that you're discipling. I think you got different layers of friendships. But the ones that I want to talk about are the ride and dies. Like, like their five closest friends. Uh, uh, Craig Rochelle says, you are the average of your five closest friends. Friends, so are her five closest friends, if you take their average of their spiritual depth, does their spiritual depth take them closer to Jesus? Are they walking like Jesus? Are they talking like Jesus? Are they close to Jesus? Because if not, Proverbs also says, iron sharpens iron as one friend sharpens another. Some of them, some of their friendships are not sharpening them at all. That type of friend she has now, if, if I can just be honest, and I'm going to be as honest as I possibly can right now, those type of friends, if she has those type of friends now that are not pushing her, that are not encouraging her, unless there is some crazy change in her life, those are the same type of friends that she will have the rest of her life. And that's a hard truth. I've seen it happen time and time again. I've been even a part of crossover. I've had so many people try to tell me this one excuse. You ready to hear this excuse? Well, I just can't give up these friends right now because these are my sisters that I've walked with since freshman year. But I will change after college. Or these are the friends that I've had since high school. And listen, after I graduate college, everything will be different. And time and time again, I've heard excuse after excuse about how they just can't change the ride or dies because of just how much it would hurt. And let me tell you, students, fellas, this is the X factor. Ladies, this is the X factor right here. This is why. Because a good woman who is far more precious than jewels will give up anything in her life that does not bring God praise and Him glory. And friendships are so important to Christian faith. It is so important to have great friends. It is almost impossible for a person to be the person that they need to be in Christ if they are surrounding themselves with people who do not push them cl closer to Jesus. It's time to step out on faith today. Girls, I know some of us in here, we're like, well, friends, 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 I understand that. Maybe today let's take a change. Like, maybe let's take a step of faith. Maybe start serving at crossover. Like, because you're going to put yourself in proximity of other girls and say, you know what? Like, hey, you want to go hang out sometime? Maybe some of y'all, you can just look around in this room right now and say, you know what? That girl looks like maybe we can connect and say, hey, listen. I would love to just like take you out and like just get to know you. I, I just want to try to change up some friends. 
Is that something that you want to do? And I guarantee everyone should say yes to that. Girls, we can make excuses or we can bring God glory. Now, free time. Free time is another way to evaluate. I don't think I really need to harp on this point too much because I believe, I truly believe if you change your friendships, you change your future. And I believe that if you change your friendships, you're going to change your free time as well. Amen? Essentially, what do they do on their free time? Does it bring God praise or does it bring more problems? The thing that they do, uh, the things that they do, does it contradict the words they say? Do they say that I'm a Christian and I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made and then Friday night they hang up those words and they put on a different person? Does their free time bring God praise or does it bring more problems? That's only for you to decide. But how beautiful though Because there are some girls in here, and how beautiful is it, seriously, the girls that have protected their free time, and they have connected with some good, godly, righteous girls, and I love these type of girls, because they try as hard as they can to have guilt-free fun, right? I love to see the Instagrams of them going out to, like, Lake Thunderbird, and I don't know, like... I don't even know what to think of it. Like, they make bonfires. Like, I don't know. Like, they just love to be around people. They invite people over to their homes, saying, why don't you come and have a movie night or come and have a game night? And they have these, they have have such strong friends around them, and they've protected their their free time. They've protected everything about their life. They, They have Bible studies at their house. They have fun at their house. So when the next morning comes, they don't have to feel guilty about it, but they feel blessed by it. And they look forward to the next weekend when other friends, and they can invite more people. And they, man, I'm just encourage you girls, I, and I'm so thankful for y'all that y'all step out on faith to be different than the world. I'm so proud of y'all for that. Fellas, go find that person. Because I promise you, there's, there's a lot of them in this room tonight. Lastly is this, is position. And I think this kind of sums everything up together, but essentially a woman after God's own heart, either has a position of surrender or she has a position of pride. Position or pride. Always, the position of pride is someone who always has to get their way and always has to have control. Anybody know anybody like that? Come on now, right? Don't be elbowing any girlfriends in here. A position of surrender is a position that knows that they are a sinner saved by grace and they do whatever they can and whatever they weigh to keep the peace in the room, to be able to, to show Christ's love and be able to have a humbleness about them that always brings God glory because they want to restore everything in the room. Now this is where the gentleness comes in that Paul talks about four or five times in the New Testament. But Proverbs also talks about something. It talks about this in 21.9. It is better to live in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. It is better for someone, this is what he's saying, it's better for a husband to go live in a rooftop on a rainy day than it is to live in a house with a nagging wife. Now, if I was a preacher in a church, I would say, can anybody say amen, right? Like, but I'm not. Boyfriends, I promise you this. Out of the hundreds, 
of marital counseling sessions that I've had to do, you would rather be single the rest of your life than to be in a relationship with a wife that has a position of pride. And I've seen many, many marriages hurting because of this. I've seen many marriages hurt, and I've even seen some marriages fail because the wife does not have a spiritual maturity amongst conflict. Listen, surrender happens when she has given control of her life to God, and she is thoughtful and she is gentle to others as well as you, not because she is weak, but because he is worthy. She has decided not to come in and fight with pride, but she has come in to try to show Christ love. She has decided to handle hard times with gentleness and surrender to God because he is in control. She is not in control. Fellas, listen. If her life is not surrendered to God and it's wrapped up in her pride, if she would rather fight than find peace, it will only get worse when you spend every day together with her when you are married. But I also want to congratulate some people in here. I know that there are so many girls in here that are working on this, and I'm, I'm proud to see it. I'm proud to see y'all, y'all talk to me about this, about, about your fighting to control your tongue. You are continually posturing yourself in surrender than in pride, and, and you are bringing God glory with your friends. You're bringing God glory with your free time. You're bringing God glory with your posture, and I believe you are more precious than any jewel that this world could ever throw at somebody. And this is what Pastor Tony Evans says. He goes, an excellent wife grabs on the heaven and it brings it down into her world. And I believe that you are these types of people. Fellas, you need to find somebody that brings down heaven into your hard times. You will have a wife that you will trust if this happens, that you will want to be with, that you will want to be best friends with. Because if she doesn't come at you with pride, but she's surrendering your, her love to you and surrender because of Jesus, your life will be able to praise Jesus even more. Find someone with the right position. But he doesn't stop there. A good wife is precious, but in verse 13, we get to see something else, that a wife, she is prioritized. Verse 13, it says this, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of merchants. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it with the fruit of her hand. She plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the staff and her hands to the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hand to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes her bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known to the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and she delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and teaches kindness in, in her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat bread of idleness. 
a good wife is a prioritized wife. And I believe that you can break this up into two points if I can kind of just condense it to uh, what is contextual to us tonight. And one of the priorities, I believe, in these two priorities is simply this. She needs to be responsible. He says she works hard for her household. She wakes up early. She goes to bed late. She buys. She tries. She, she trades. She does business. She sounds like a she-boss, right? This girl's owning life. Like this, is the, like, this is who, like, Beyonce was, like, wrote independent about, right? Like, this is it. Like, this is, the, this is the boss. Like, she sounds like a strong, responsible woman, and she does what she needs to do. Now, if I can kind of contextualize this passage to the average day college girl, I would say this. You would look like a college student who has their stuff together. Like they don't, like they do what needs to be done in their life to provide for their household. Your household right now is you. You take care of you. How well do you take care of you? Fellas, you look at her life and evaluate, is she responsible for everything on her plate right now? She's called right now to be a college student at the University of Oklahoma, wherever you are at. Is she responsible? Does she do what she needs to do? Does she take care of her responsibility? Is she going to college to take care of herself or is she going to college to find a husband? Am I right? Come on now. I asked my cousin this one time. I said, hey, what's your major in college? And she said, whichever will get me a rich husband, right? She's still single at 26, I'm just saying. In all honesty, ladies, I think that a woman in her singleness, you are single because you are not married, needs to be responsible. She doesn't enter a relationship and hear this because she needs to. She doesn't enter a relationship because she needs to. Because she can provide for her. She doesn't enter a relationship because she needs somebody to provide for her. But she enters a relationship with someone because she feels God tugging on her heart that this guy is the guy for her. And the two of you, you take your strengths and you take his strengths and you work together and you make this marriage good, you make it holy, and you glorify God with it. And you grow the kingdom even more. Guys, look at your girlfriend or your future girlfriend and see, is she responsible? Is she responsible for her? Is she trying in school? Is she trying hard with her friends, with her faith? Is she being the person to take care of herself? Or is she a type of person that is always in need of help? One thing that I love about my wife is I know with absolute certainty that she doesn't need me to survive. Now, she might want me because, I mean, hello, who wouldn't, right? But I know without a shadow of a doubt, my wife could run her whole life. She could take care of the kids. She could take care of the job. I know that my wife could take care of it, and that gives me a whole lot of freedom, knowing that she is able to do that. Find somebody like that. The next priority is this is in personal ministry. It says that she opens her hand to the poor and reaches her hands out to the needy. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She opens her mouth with wisdom, teaching, and kindness in her tongue. Like, ministry isn't last 
to her. It's a priority to her. She doesn't go to church because she has to go to church. She goes to church because she wants to go to church. She wants to connect with people. She wants to do ministry with people. She wants to connect with Jesus and grow in Jesus in a real and intimate way. She doesn't walk past hurting people, but she makes time for hurting people. She ministers to hurting people because she wants them to feel loved the way that Jesus loves her. She wants people to know about Jesus, and she ministers not only to, to certain types of people, but to all types of people. But she doesn't only minister in what she does, but she also ministers in what she says. Fellas, you need to listen to the words that come out of her mouth because I think if you start listening, you start seeing that, that she is talking in spirit and truth and you start hearing these things, and you start hearing how her mind works, and, and you realize if she's talking in spirit and truth, then you know that she's getting spirit and truth from the word of truth. She's a woman of the word that speaks the words that she had learned in the word of God. She leads in the word. She survives in the word. She loves from the word. She works from the word because the word is her bread and the breath of life for her. She will never be idle because the word will always keep her loving those people who need to know the love of Jesus. Fellas, find somebody who is led in the word in such a way that she ministers to other people and loves people and takes time out of her day to love people to Jesus because it will give her purpose and it will give her passion that she will never listen, never be able to find anywhere else. If that's not her center focus, I'm telling you, she's going to be searching for something everywhere else and nothing is going to fill her if she's not being supplied by the Word of God. But lastly, when she does all these things, when she has found her being precious and she has prioritized her life, what does it say then? I believe it says that she will be praised. In verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband calls her Blessed and praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but women who fear the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of your hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Her children will praise her. Her husband will praise her. Other people will praise her. Why? Because charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. When I was in the third grade, my mom used to pick me up with my, with my big sister uh, and take us to Sonic to get um, a slushie. Anybody with me? Come on now. Would I get you a little closer to Jesus? There we go. Some mountain blasts, you know, like whew, quenches that thirst. I love it. But one, one, one day we go, and my mom, um, she usually would get, like, cut out a coupon from the local uh, Burke Burnett, Texas newspaper, okay, and it was a buy one, get one free. So she usually would cut these out, and she would take them with us. And she ordered our slushies, and she says, well, I have a coupon. just want you to know, and so I need the discount. They're like, okay. So they come out, and I see my mom. She's, like, scrounging in her purse, and I can tell she's a little flustered. I didn't know what was happening, and the guy said, well, it'd be $1.50. And my mom's like, okay, and hands him the $1.50, and he hands our drinks, and he goes, all right, have a good day. And so, all right, we're going. Mom throws it in reverse, the, the pimp and minivan, all right? 
We take off, and we're down the road, and I can tell my mom's flustered, all right? She, she can't hide much. Anybody else have a mom like that? Like, you know how they feel, right? My mom's just flustered, and she's like, guys, I got to tell you something. And we're like, what? And she's like, well, I just stole this drink. And I was, we're like, what's going on? She goes, I did something wrong. Like, I told them that I had a coupon, but I couldn't find a coupon, and that's just not right. And no lie, we drove all the way home, and she scoured the house, and she found the coupon. She goes, all right, let's get back in the car. Let's go. And we go. She, she drives us all the way back to, to Sonic, and she rolls up to the window. She goes, can I have Nancy back here, please? She knew the, 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 the waiter. Nancy came back. I don't know what her name was. Nancy's his first name came on mind. But she said, hey, listen, um, I need to apologize for something. Um, I lied to you. I said that I had a coupon, and I didn't. And since I'm a Christian, you know, like, Jesus has done so much for me. And I just don't lie and cheat and steal because that's not right. And Jesus loves me in such a way, I, I, like, I just have to be able to give you this coupon. And also I want to give you some extra money because I, didn't, I wasted your time when you could be making more money right now. And this, this, this waiter was just flabbergasted. Like she, her jaw is dropped and she goes, that is truly remarkable that she drove all the way home to get this coupon. And like, she's like, that's just, I mean, it was just cool just to see her. Like she goes, that's just amazing. So many people were just driven off and taken away, but you made time to come and make this right. And my mom's like, well, will you please forgive me? She goes, absolutely, I will forgive you. Listen, my mama has so much fear and respect and love for the Lord that she couldn't even steal a 50-cent drink. Like her life was in such awe of God. Like what she did and didn't do was based on pleasing God and only pleasing God. She has a reverence to God and her child now, 20 years later, praises her in front of thousands because she showed me how to live for God because of how much he loves us. Fellas, look for someone who is in such awe of God that she doesn't want to do anything to get out of his will. That she is in such of awe and love and reverence to God that she will do anything and go the extra mile and ask for forgiveness when she is wrong. Because believe you me, we will do wrong. Ask for forgiveness when she sins because I promise that she will sin. But she will do anything that she can because she loves God in such an intimate and direct way that she does not want to lose that direct relationship with him. That she doesn't want to step out of his will and start doing her will. But she will do everything that she can to stay in the presence of God. That type of woman will be praised. They will be praised by their kids. They will be praised by their spouse. But ultimately, they will be praised by God when they stand toe-to-toe, face-to-face with him. And he will say, well done, my good and faithful child. Proverbs 18 says that he who finds a good wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Fellas, as I, as I close up here, find yourself a woman that is precious beyond jewels, and she's precious because she has 
put Jesus first in her life, and she has given her life to Jesus in such a real way, and that she has trusted him, and that she wants to do everything for his glory, and that she has prioritized her life with everything, with her responsibilities, with her ministry, because when she does these things, when she, when she finds friends to cultivate her and to make her into the best person that she will be, she will do this. When you connect your life to her life, I promise you it will bring God glory and it will give him praise. Ladies, as we close up tonight, I know that I know some of y'all are, are this person and I congratulate that. Maybe you're single right now and, and you're fighting in the trenches with the singleness, amen, come on. You really do, like I said a couple weeks ago, you feel like you're putting the sing and single, right? Like, trust God, okay? Guys need to wise up a little bit. 25 years old is when we start getting our brains in order, okay? My wife, come on, don't, don't be telling everybody my, my secrets over here, all right? But this type of woman who loves God is better than any jewel and I'm telling you, I congratulate you for that. And, and I'd ask you to push for that. But some of you in here, you want to be this type of woman. And you want to put God first. And you want to be this precious jewel. And you want to be consistent. I beg you tonight. This is what's cool is that we have a Savior in this, who has given his life for us. And you know what? He wants you to be considered a child of the king. He wants you to wash you white as snow. He wants to bring you into his presence. And I ask you tonight to walk down to one of our prayer team and just, and just say, you know what? I want to be a precious jewel. I want to have a relationship with him in that way. And I want to bring him glory and praise. I just want to give my life to him. Can you walk me through that? I beg you to do that tonight. Fellas, find you a woman that fears the Lord Ladies, be a woman that fears the Lord, and I guarantee you, bring God glory and Him praise.